You're listening to episode number four of the Divorce Resource Guy podcast, coming straight to you from the outback. I can't help it. Good day. Welcome to the Divorce Resource Guy podcast with Jason Lavoie, aka the Divorce Resource Guy, a former divorce attorney turned divorce coach, talking about all things divorce, including the good, bad, and the ugly from an attorney's point of view. Remember, you're not alone. And now your host, Jason Lavoy. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today, we got a great guest coming to you all the way from the other side of the world. Talk about long distance. It doesn't get farther than this. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Let's get started. Today, we have guest Dave Crispin. He's an international relationship coach, author, speaker, and an advocate for stronger, more meaningful relationships. Dave works on the concept of connection. The stronger the connection, the more fulfilling and meaningful the relationship. A regular volunteer for Beyond Blue, Australia's leading organization on depression and anxiety, Dave also travels around the state of Western Australia, speaking about his own lived experience with mental health issues and the people he meets. But don't worry, everybody. Dave also works with people right here in the United States, so he is accessible if you're interested. Let's get right to it. Meet Dave Crispin. Dave Crispin, welcome to the show. How are you? Thanks very much. I'm really good. Thank you, Jason. How are you? I'm doing uh, quite well. I want to, uh, before we get in, we're going to have a great talk today um, about uh, what you do and kind of talk about rebuilding uh, after the divorce process ends. But first, to give everybody an idea of, you know, how technology works today and where we are physically right now. I'm in New Jersey where I live. And Dave, where are you right now? I'm actually in Perth, Western Australia. How about that? Yep, God's own country. Right? And um, I know we were talking the other day a little bit, and uh, I haven't been to Australia yet. It's on my bucket list, so to speak, but um, it's a long plane ride or a long couple of plane rides, but one day I hope to get out there. I hear it's beautiful. It is, yeah. Our climate is, um, it's like a Mediterranean climate, so... It, it, it's sort of in tune with California. Uh, they have a lot of eucalypts, uh, a lot of their trees. We have the same over here. Um, but we have um, mild winters, uh, pretty hot summers, not extremely hot, but it's a nice dry heat. Uh, so it, it, it's really livable. Uh, I, I, I love it over here. Where we are, uh, we're just at the, the bottom of um, an old escarpment. Uh, I think it's one of the oldest in the world called the Darling Ranges. Um, but it's beautiful. We get um, kangaroos in our garden in the morning, and at the moment we've got the red-tailed black cockatoos coming through. So, yeah, it's great. I love it. And and there lies the biggest difference between uh, where you live <laughs> and where I live. Where I live, I get raccoons in my backyard and deer. Okay. <laughs> you have beautiful cockatoos. <laughs> oh, well, yep, yep. I mean, that's different. That's kangaroos. Different. Yep, yep. No, it's, uh, uh, it, it's quite... Uh, it's quite good. I mean, you, you never, you never really get used to it because we, you know, we get different kangaroos come in, and, and some of them are they're over six foot. Um, so you wow. look out the door, and there's one that's uh, a big male that's got some females and some young ones, and uh, they're pretty impressive animals. Yeah, wow, six foot—that's a big kangaroo, at least to me. It is. Yeah, yeah, and that's not uncommon. So let's um, before we get into it a little bit here, why don't you just. Uh, Tell, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Um, you're a, a relationship uh, expert. What kind of like, how did you get started in this business? Uh, I started off in, in, the, uh, in this sort of field um, as a coach, as a life coach. 
And I found that more and more of my clients uh, were working with me or engaged me because they were having issues in their relationship. They were, um, and that impacted uh, actually on their mental health as well. They were experiencing a lot of anxiety and, and sometimes transitioned through into depression. So they were in a bit of a hole. And when we started uh, to work, the relationship, when the relationship um, started to, um, you know, sort of suffer when there was things going on, it was really, how do I get out of this? You know, what's in front of me? How, how can I have a life without my partner? Or what, what's going to actually uh, give my life more meaning? Now I've lost my relationship that, um, or I'm, I've got issues in my relationship and I've lost my identity somewhat. How do I form this new identity? What, how can I align with a new purpose? So as a life coach or a coach, um, I basically help them um, try and plot a new path, if you like, so, so to get on, embark on a new journey. Uh, and from there, I, I just transitioned and, and specialised more in uh, marriage or relationship coaching because I, I, I tend to find that a lot of people when you start going backwards too far too deep i.e using the therapy hat or counseling it can be quite painful and and the reason i like coaching is that it, it's more forward focused it's more future focused so yes there is a need for counseling absolutely and therapy um, and i do touch on that uh, i have trained in areas of therapy but I really like, right, you know, what's in front of us? What can we aim for? What are, the, what are the skills? What are the tools you need to actually get you out there? Um, so using a mixture of various modalities um, and, and education, education is a big thing. Um, I, I, I developed my own model um, and that's what I use today. So I, I, I just progressed really into that field of marriage and relationships uh, and that's that's really where I am today. That's a great point that you just kind of brought up about the forward focus, because I say this all the time when I'm speaking or when I write articles about divorce and, and you know, as part of my coaching practices that, yes, divorce is hard and, you know, it's probably one of the hardest times you're going to go through in your life. But at some point, it's going to be over and <clears throat> there's a life to be had after that. Right. And let's focus on the big picture. Let's focus on the future that you want to have that perhaps you didn't have when you were in the marriage, uh, if it was a bad marriage. So yeah, I, I'm, I love the forward thinking aspect of it all. Yeah. And, and that, that's, that's a good point because when we get so wrapped up in the present uh, and if the present is quite painful, then you do struggle uh, to see outside that, that, that circle, if you like it, so it's really about, yes, we're in here, it's tough, but know that you will transition out of that. You will move through that. So if we can start to think and imagine a future outside of the present, then, okay, that, that then um, gives them the ability to think about the future, that hope, um, there is help, we're working with them to give them that. Um, and, and then that helps the process. That helps them move forward because they, they realise that there is something more than just, you know, the anguish, the pain that I'm feeling at the moment. Um, there is a, you know, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, if you like. 
Right. It's, it's kind of like, um, I'm going to say this saying, but I don't know if I got it right. If you if you know the saying and I have it wrong, tell me because I, I often get sayings wrong. I don't know why. It's just one of my little uh, issues I have, but like seeing the forest through the trees, right? Um, yeah. Can't see the wood for the trees. Right, right. Is that it? See? <laughs> Something yeah. like that. You know what I mean. I, right? I do, I do. My, my, my wife, uh, she's, a, she's a classic. Um, it's a catch-22 situation. I'm like, ooh, shall I say anything? No, no, okay. So yeah. little, yeah, little sayings, little things like that, you get mixed up, but they're quite quaint, quite cute. But, yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. You, you, you get so uh, engrossed um, in the present, um, the now, um, that, you know, the, the, the thought of a future, uh, it, it just sometimes it's overwhelming. Um, and, and that's what I love about coaching is that, yes, when you've got all these different things that you're trying to think about and you've got all these issues that are coming up um, and that's what you're faced with and that's all you can see, the beauty of coaching is that we break those down incrementally and it's right. What can we prioritise? What's something that's really important for you and that is going to make an impact in your life straight away, something that's within your grasp or your control. Okay, if that's your first priority, um, then let's put that up there. What's next on the list? And that's the beauty of coaching. You break these things down and then you start working through them. Yeah, absolutely. So now you work with a lot of people who either are in the divorce (coughs) or are after the divorce, like, as far as divorce goes, what phase mostly do you work in? Uh, I work in couples that are experiencing difficulties in their marriage. Uh, so I, I work to try um, and uh, find out what the problems are. So prior to actually going down um, and separating. So if I can work to get the marriage back on track, yep, that's what I'll do. If one of the person, you know, if one of uh, the couple wants to try and do that. Um, but this is, you know, um, I'm, we're talking about reality here. Uh, people obviously go through and that's your business is, is, is working with people that um, uh, are going through that, that process and coming out the other side. So I pick people up when there's, you know, no way, no how. Um, then it's okay. Uh, this is where you're at. Uh, let's talk about the life outside of your relationship. And one of the biggest issues that I find is that People don't give them uh, give themselves enough time in that transition period from one relationship to the other. So when they when they leave a relationship, they're in a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, and it's how can I heal that? Um, and and sometimes it, it is literally a matter of months. Within a few months, um, people go from one relationship and then they're straight into another, and then you know the same sort of thing plays out. So. It's that period in between. If I can catch people in between uh, that period where um, it's, okay, uh, this is where I'm at. I'm not quite sure how to go forward, how to move through uh, in my life now. My, you know, my, my sense of self was wrapped up in my relationship. I, I need to reinvent or I need to create a new self. How do I do that? So that, that's where I come in. It, it, it's giving them that. That new identity, I suppose, that, that new sense of who I am, giving them the tools uh, so that they can you know, tra- uh, go through that, that, that stage. Right, right. Because, you know, in a marriage, especially if it was a longer marriage, 
you have this identity, good or bad, yeah. uh, that you, you know, it's your marriage identity in that relationship. And then once that's over, it's not uncommon, I think, for people to have difficulty, perhaps, well, who am I now? And more importantly, who do I want to be now that I'm kind of free of that toxic relationship? So you kind of work with people with that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, we, I, I work with people that have been married for two or three years sometimes and, and then they, um, you know, they split. Um, or it, it could be 30 or 40 years. If you get someone that's been in a relationship for a long time, obviously they're set in their ways, they're set in their routine. And then they're so rigid. Those routines are so set in place that they meet another person and it's, no, uh, they, they've, got to, they've got to change. They've got to conform uh, to my way of doing things. Um, well, that's, that's not the right way to do this. This is the right way to do it. Uh, so it's, you know, you, you've got to realise that change has to happen at some stage to part of your, your growth, if you like. You have to change and adapt to your new situation but also you have to change and adapt if you want to connect with someone else, if you want to get into another relationship, because they're going to be set in their ways as well. Uh, right, and, right. And it's not just you. It's, it's no. true. Right. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and they've, they've got, you know, we're, we're talking about people that have been in relationships for a period of time. So there's hang-ups, there's, there's things that may have contributed to the, the relationship bust up or the breakup. Uh, so it's... Yeah, we, we've got to understand those things so that if they do get in another relationship, they, they don't, first of all, they don't find the same sort of partner, the same partner that uh, they were with, uh, which uh, they, they, you know, they, they, they just broke up with. Um, right, so it's right. understanding that, uh, that they don't look for that same person. They don't attract that same person because subconsciously we look for those signals or those signs. So you've, you, you've, yeah, you've got a lot of work to do in that, in that process. Yeah, you bring up a good point. I want to ask you about that. Is there a a science or how does it work where we get out of a, a bad relationship and we continually meet people who are different people, obviously, but yet you have the same issues pop up in the next relationship and the relationship after that. And it's kind of the same cycle or you attract the same type of person who at the end of the day is not good for you. But, but why do you keep doing that? Why do you keep attracting <laughs> and getting into these same wrong relationships, if you want to call it that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, we are creatures of habit and subconsciously we look uh, for people that are people that we're familiar with. They're, they're maybe their character traits, personality, even where they hang out. You know, if we still look in the same places, whether it's um, in social groups or hobbies, sports, that type of thing. So we are creatures of habit. So, you know, it stands to reason that we're going to meet similar sort of people or people that we are familiar with. And, and the problem is, is that a lot of the time we, we look for people that we recognise those patterns, those behaviours, those attitudes we're familiar with those, therefore I can align with that or I can connect with that. But, you know, sometimes if you haven't done that work to understand that that's the sort of person I'm attracted to, then the same thing, the same patterns will play out. And so, you know, it's, um, 
it, it can be quite challenging to try and get people to look in different areas, to try and change some of those unhelpful patterns or habits or attitudes because they're so familiar with them, they, they don't recognise that, you know, they are quite prominent. Uh, and when they're so set and so rigid, another partner uh, may not be able to uh, relate or connect with that. It's understanding uh, the unhelpful patterns or the stories that you tell yourself and try and change those. Um, so, yeah, it, it's familiarity. It's that we, we connect with familiarity uh, in, uh, in people. Because we're comfortable, right? We're, when, yeah, when, we, exactly. when we find somebody we're comfortable with, then it, that's like an, it's a automatic attraction. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, and sometimes if there's unfinished business in a relationship, if, if you've just come out of a relationship and there's been some issues that you haven't been able to work on, we cannot, we, sometimes we can take those issues into another relationship and try and finish those issues or carry on those issues in a new relationship. Um, or, or even, and, and a common one which I find time and time again is that a person may have been uh, adopted the position or the role of someone that's quite subservient, someone that's quite submissive, passive, um, and they've had this domineering, overbearing partner. And then for whatever reason, uh, the relationship ends, uh, they move on, and then sure enough, they find another partner. First of all, you know, there's, there's a lot of, you go through that early period, uh, call it the honeymoon period, call it what you like, and everyone puts on their best behavior, uh, and it's all uh, very much emotion-driven. It's, it's sort of chemical-driven, a lot of forgiveness, a lot of tolerance. And then when they find that, yep, okay, uh, we'll, we'll see how this, this goes. Maybe we'll move in. Maybe we'll, you know, we'll spend a lot more time together in, the, in a closer situation. And then the old character traits, the old personalities, uh, those old things come out. And sure enough, they step back and they, they assume that same submissive person. They let the other partner, um, you know, sort of step up and start controlling, uh, start domineering. And then they're in the same pattern. Uh, they become underfunctioning, under-responsible, um, and the other partner steps up and becomes over-functioning or over-responsible. You know, so they, they, these things, they, they play out. They, they've got a, a weird habit uh, of jumping into the same relationship. So that's why you need that period in between to actually work on yourself and, and understand you know, what, what, what caused the breakup of that marriage, that relationship. And there's a phrase that I use is that you've got to be comfortable, um, first of all, with loneliness. You, you've got to understand yes. and do the work on yourself. Um, you've got to be comfortable with that loneliness. And from loneliness, then you go through into aloneness. And aloneness is where you're more comfortable with yourself. You, you, you're still um, finding your way, um, but you're, you're bringing in tools. You're bringing in different things to help you grow as a person, maybe moving out into um, different social groups, different social circles, building up a, um, your own independent um, friend network rather than just the friends that you had uh, when you were with your partner and then from aloneness you transition through into all oneness and when you get into that all oneness space um, and the paradox is is that when you're ready for a life on your own you're ready for a relationship because you've had that time to heal and grow you know 
who you represent, what you stand for, who you are as a person. Right. Um, and, and you're not wanting, you don't need a relationship to be complete or to be whole. Um, you're complete and whole as a person on your own. I, I don't need someone to be complete. And that's it. That's a great point. I, and it, it reminds me, like I know of one person I'm thinking of specifically right now, but we all, I think, know people, at least one person in our lives who kind of fit this mold where they go from uh, a relationship to relationship without that transition period or a very small transition period. And the next relationship uh, is not any better. And then the, the one after that's not any better. And then you realize that this person can't be alone, not even for a little bit. And they have to be in a relationship. Otherwise, it's almost like they feel like they don't have an identity. And mm. I, I've, I've noticed that. Like, it stands out to me personally. I mean, I, I don't mind being alone. I like to be alone, you know, more often than not. It's just I'm comfortable in aloneness if you want to, if you want to, you know, mm. talk about it that way. But some people, whether it's going to the store alone or going anywhere alone or especially in a relationship setting, they, they feel like if they're single, they're not complete or, you know, fill in the blank. But yeah, that's kind of um, something that just stands out to me. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's having that healthy sense of self, as, as you've just said. Yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable with being on my own. Um, but, you know, you're in a marriage, you're in a relationship. So you, you've also got to recognize that um, I'm in a partnership with someone and that, that marriage or that partnership or that relationship does need some energy, does need some life feeding into that. Um, you know, what can I do for my partner? You know, what, what can I give you to help me get what I want? Um, it, it is that thing about we, we've got a marriage here. We've got an entity here. We're in this together and we want to make this last. We want to make this good because we want all the trappings, all the trimmings that go with that. You know, the love, the warmth, the connection, the humor, the laughter, the joy, the love, but also the sadness as well. You know, the hurt, the pain, that, that, that's all part of life. Right. So that when, when we can join together in that and we can work through this as a team, then, you know, we, we, we know that um, someone's got our back. Uh, we know that there's someone there for us. So ultimately, that's, that's where you want to get to. Um, but you, you've got to develop as a person yourself. You've got, to, you've got to know what nourishes you. You've got to know what gives you life force, what gives you energy. Um, because otherwise, if you if you get into another relationship and you haven't grown um, as a person, it, it's you, you've got this other person that you connect with that is maybe full of life, or you, you you like them because they are, you know, they're out there, they're they're firing on all cylinders, if you like. Um, and you're this person that okay, oh, I recognise that they're full of life. I'm I'm feeling a little bit flat, a little bit low. They've got more things going on. They go out. They've got a bigger social group, bigger social circles. So you latch onto them, and you're actually draining that life force, or you're draining the energy from that other person, so that you know it, it makes you feel more complete. And for the other person, when they, when they feel that they're, they're, they're having that life force or that energy drain from them, and sometimes they may feel a bit overwhelmed or smothered, then you're setting up this, past, uh, this um, pattern of um, pursuer and distancer. They've recognized that 
you know, you, you, you really haven't got a lot going on for yourself. You know, you, 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 need, you need me to, to be a complete person. Um, but I don't want that. I have my own life. I have my own energy. So that, that they tend to withdraw. And, and then it, that, that forms a similar pattern or it can form a similar pattern to the relationship that they've just come from. So it can be quite draining if you, if you haven't uh, had that time, that period. And, and there's, no, there's no set time frame. It's just when you, know, when you feel that you're ready, um, then it, it's that slow sort of transition. We, we have this, this sense of uh, you know, the urge to merge. I, I, I need to hurry up I like and get that. into the relationship. Yeah, the urge to, to merge. I like that. Yeah, I, I, I need to get into another relationship quick. Um, but uh, what I say is, uh, yeah, take the foot off the accelerator and just touch the brake a little and slow it down. Right. Otherwise, it's what we call a, a rebound relationship. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I like what you're saying about the fact that there's no set transition period after you know a relationship ends. Everybody's different. Everybody mm-hmm. can recover and move on at, at a different speed, so to speak. But in your experience, is there a... Uh, like a typical time period that it, it, it takes for somebody to kind of recover and, and, and get healthy or in a good spot before they move on? Or is there a, a minimum time you would suggest? How does that, how does that work? <clears throat> I, I, as you said, I mean, every single person is different. Um, I've got a, a good friend of mine that has been on a, her own um, after the last relationship for probably about 12 years. And she's really developed as a person. Uh, she had a, a, a young teenager. She saw him through the teenage years. And she's not, uh, he's not so dependent on her. So she's, um, she's got more, more autonomy, more freedom. He's still there. He's out doing his own thing, got his own life. So she feels comfortable now. So she's, she's actually stepped into this new relationship and she knows what she wants. She knows what, she's, what she looks for in a person. Uh, she doesn't have to settle for any relationship at any cost. So when we get into that, that needy space that, um, you know, I, I, I need a relationship, um, it, it, the, the period in between is very short because that's, you know, uh, that, that's what I need to do. But if, if you can have that time and you really know that, I, I can move around in different social groups. I do know what I need to feel good about myself. Um, I'm, I'm in a good place uh, physically, psychologically, and yeah, I'll, I'll just see how I go. And, and uh, you know, everyone is different depending on our age, um, sex. So there, there, there is no set time frame, but it just depends on you know, who you are um, and really what's, what's sort of going on for you at, at the time. What would you say are some indicators to know when you're ready? You know, let's say I got out of a bad relationship and I'm in that transition period. I'm working on myself. I'm working with you, a coach. How do I know? You know, when would you tell me, Jason, I think you're, you're in a good spot. You know, if you meet somebody, uh, go for it. I, I think when you, when you have that really good sense of, you know, well-being, um, that, that, um, you, you go in out and um, Marlene Seligman, one of the founders of uh, positive psychology, um, he's got a formula for, for what he calls flourishing and it's called PERMA. It's positive emotions, engagement, uh, positive relationships, meaning and achievement. 
And the positive emotions, when you're comfortable with feeling a range of uh, emotions, then you're okay to be sad. You're okay to be fearful, feel pain. You're okay to feel joy on your own, to feel love on your own. You haven't got to be guarded um, or be uncomfortable about opening up and sharing and, and dare I use the V word, vulnerable. So right. when, when you've, you've got a good sense of yourself, who you are and what you, you, know, what you need, that's the first step. Um, engagement, finding that flow, being, being able to get involved and get immersed in something and, and focus on what you're doing, you know, really concentrate and be engaged in, in something. And then the relationships, it doesn't have to be, you know, one main relationship. Ha have many relationships, uh, i.e. friendships, uh, closeness in some relationships. And that's up to you how, um, how far you take those relationships. But until you find someone that you really, really connect with and you make that your primary relationships, then that's where you can go out and explore in, in different areas. Don't always look for the same sort of person in the same type of setting. And, 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 and explore, be curious. You know, meet different people from different cultures. Uh, learn about new things. That's that growth. We become a lot more worldly. Um, exactly. The mean yeah, meaning. So what gives your life meaning? Um, you know, what, what gives your life purpose? What are you here for? So that, that could be, uh, myself, I, I do a lot of volunteering for a, a mental health organisation. Um, so I go out and I, and I talk about uh, depression and anxiety and, and, and that gives me such a boost that I, I go out and, and the work that we both do, you know, in, in helping people. Um, so I know that, I'm aligned with my purpose. My purpose is to help others and, and use the skills and the tools that I have. And that gives my life meaning. And achievement, you know what it's like when you, when you accomplish something or when you achieve something, um, you feel really good. You get that, you know, you get that boost. Um, you can stand back and think, wow, you know, that, that looks fantastic. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting out here now looking at my window and I've, all these trees and, and shrubs, the plants that I planted about, uh, three or four years ago now they're all really coming out and the colors that are coming out coming into spring and you know I look back and I think wow they look great I'm really pleased I put that there and that there and anything you do you accomplish or achieve if you put your time and your effort um, and you can see those results it makes you feel good yeah you see so, the so, progress right exactly exactly yeah that's it so PERMA positive emotions engagement uh, positive relationships meaning uh, and achievement um, and, and people make the mistake of saying to me, but I just want to be happy. Well, if you're always just pursuing happiness, it, it's really a losing strategy. Happiness is part of well-being. And, and that formula that Sir Ligman uses, that, that's part of it. Happiness is part of that, you know, the overall well-being, going through, you know, with that flourishing, having a flourishing life getting into that state of flow where you're really engaged in something, you're so focused, um, you know, you're really, you're really in tune with, with what you're doing and, and the benefits that come from that. Happiness isn't the end result. It's part of the overall picture. Absolutely. Yep. Right. Got it in one. And let me, let me ask you about something that just came to my mind here and tell me if you agree or, or disagree with it. The, based on what you're saying, 
you know, as far as working and healing yourself and growing, would part of that be putting yourselves in situations that are uncomfortable for you as opposed to looking for those relationships in the same places, whether it's a bar or, you know, the same online dating sites, if you do that, but kind of put part of growth is putting yourself and making yourself feel comfortable in that uncomfortableness um, because that's the only way you're going to have new experiences, meet new people and, and kind of break the bad habits that you might have that, you know, from the past. Mm, yeah, totally. You, you have to experience in, in anything new, there, there's always a, a little bit of trepidation. There's a little bit of stress, a little bit of anxiety, but that's the only way how you grow, how you step out of your comfort zone. And when you step out of the comfort zone, you step into the discomfort zone. So in the discomfort zone, there's a little bit of, little bit of anxiety, a bit of stress, a bit of uncertainty. They're, they're, that, that's where the challenges are, but that's where the good stuff is. That's where the growth is. Yeah. And it's just having that confidence um, to do that. And then I like to use two parts of confidence building. There's the actions of being confident and the feelings of being confident. So you have to do before you feel. You have, you have to um, actually push yourself, take the action first. And then when you take that action and you feel a little bit of anxiety, um, but you do it anyway, and then when you do that and you accomplish, then you get that feeling, wow, I just, you know, I stepped out of my comfort zone. This was challenging, walking into this new group um, or this new, these new social circles that I've been meeting. And a lot of people over here, I don't know whether you have it over there, meetup groups. Um, yep. So, um, yeah, you, you, you meet a new group, you go out, it's a little bit uncomfortable, you don't know anyone in the room there, you walk there, you make the effort and, hi, how are you, um, you know, have a chat over a coffee or a drink or something or other, um, oh, I'd like to introduce you, and then you, you expand your circle of friends, you, you know, you've got new people that you've just met. Now, initially, walking in, um, or even the thought of, of stepping out and going out and making that effort, it was quite challenging. It could have been quite intimidating. But when you find you do that, then you've just expanded your world. You, you've, you've put yourself out there and you've met new people. And those new people, they, 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 there's no agenda there. They, they, don't, they take you as you are, as you present. So exactly. they don't know any of what's gone on in the past with you, with your relationship. You're, you're, you're fronting up as a person that is, is just someone that they're you know, they're, they're going to have a conversation with and you choose to share with them what you will and likewise with them. So they're, they're taking you at face value. So that can be quite challenging, but it, it's something that we have to do for, for us to grow, for us to change, then that's what you have to do is experience that little bit of anxiety and then slowly push the boundaries out and out and out. Um, and, you know, the results are out there. Yeah. And, and I find, you know, like personally, when I put myself in an uncomfortable situation or I try something new for that for the first time and you feel that anxiety that you're talking about, <laughs> yeah. you, but, but then you realize you do it and, you know, a first you realize, oh, you know what? It's not so bad after all. What was I so afraid of in the first place? And, but then after that, the sense of, uh, you know, affirmation that you get that you did it. And if it was a, 
you know, sense of if it was a positive experience for you, then it's like a natural high. You know, the endorphins come out and you feel really good. Yep, absolutely. I, I, um, I, I speak, as I mentioned before, when I volunteer, I, I go and speak around um, Western Australia and I go out to various organisations. Sometimes I could be speaking with oh, 10, 15 uh, people in a small uh, country town and other times I could be at a, at a convention where there's 200 plus you know, people at the convention. Um, and of course, yeah, it's, um, you know, you're putting yourself out there and you, you get those thoughts. What if people don't like me? What if I make a mistake? What if this happens? What if that happens? But you, you do, you know, there, there are tools and techniques which I use, um, which help me uh, to calm my nerves. But it, it's just it's just part of it. it you know, it, it is. Yep. Okay, I'm feeling a little bit uneasy here. I've got to have a chat with someone or I've got to push the boundaries a bit. Um, but I'll give it a go. And if I make a mistake, so what? You know, if I look a little bit silly, well, then so what? So it, it, it's just, yeah, managing it and, and pushing it because, you know, once you start expanding that circle, there's so much more out there. There's so much more to be lived. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing what, what we don't know. What's the phrase? Here we go again with another thing. Like what we, <laughs> what, we don't know what we don't know. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. That's exactly right. Yeah, and, and, and it's, it's a world out there, and, and, and you can't let, you know, the past makes us who we are. It's part of who we are, but it doesn't have to define your future. Your future is like a blank ca- canvas, I tell people. And, and mm. you know, you, you dealt with the past. It is what it is. It's not going to change. But your future, that's, that's all up for you to kind of craft now and, 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 and create whatever it is that you think you want. And if you don't know what you want, then that transition period is the time to figure out what you want. Yeah, that's exactly right. And if you use the analogy of a book, it's, you know, your, your, um, your future is out there waiting to be written. You know, it's, you, you've, you've, you know, one chapter's closed and now you've got some blank pages and it's up to you how you write those. And what, what we do is give them the tools uh, to actually write those chapters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, this is a lot of a uh, great value. I hope everybody uh, is appreciating and kind of, eating this up a little bit because I think it's really, really on point. And, you know, you, you gave some great tips on what we people should be working on, you know, when they're healing themselves uh, after a divorce situation. Dave, do you work with people in the United States? Yes, I do on a regular basis. Um, people all over uh, the U.S. Yeah, it's, um, that's the beauty of uh, modern technology today. You could reach anyone anywhere, right? Yes. Look at us. That's what we're doing right now. Yeah. And um, tell people where they can find you. So my business, um, although uh, I'm located over here in Perth, as we just said, I can um, work almost uh, anytime, anywhere with my, uh, with my trusty notebook. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Valea Coaching, um, I think the link will be um, somewhere at the end of this podcast. But uh, yeah, they can find me on LinkedIn, Facebook, or my website over here in, uh, in Perth. Yeah, I'm going to put all the information and in, in the links to your website in the show notes uh, to this episode of the podcast. So if you're listening right now, you can just go to uh, my website and everything will be listed out there for you. You don't have to pull over, get in an accident, trying to write it down now. Um, but it's Dave. <laughs> but Valere is V-A-L-E-R-E, coaching, Perth.com. Uh, uh, period AU for uh, Australia. And um, Dave, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show 
and uh, and talking about kind of this healing process after divorce. And uh, hopefully we can uh, do this again soon. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed having a, a very relaxed, uh, quite easy conversation, Jason. Thank you very much for that. No, my pleasure. And I hope everybody enjoyed it. So we'll uh, talk to you real soon. Okay. Thank you. Bye. All right. Thank you to Dave Crispin for that interview. Hope you got some good nuggets out of that. I know I did. And listening to him with that accent, well, I guess you can't go wrong with that, can you? If you haven't done so already, subscribe to the show. Uh, Leave a review. Rate it on iTunes, please. And uh, look out for the next episode coming out real soon. In the meantime, as always, be strong, act confident, and stay positive. I'll see you real soon. Bye.